Okay, thank you everybody for coming. Um, last week we were in middle of the Bakashot section of Shimona Esrei. I'm hearing myself echo, so I mute. Okay. And we discussed the first two brachot of, not the first two, I'm sorry, the sec, the, we discussed Slicha and Teshuvah. We discussed Slachan Avinu and Hashivin Avinu the Torah and we looked at the ideas of Teshuvah and Slicha and Vidoy and the history of the text and how those both relate to Tefillah. This week we're moving a little further. We're going to discuss the next two, Reina um, Ve'Anyenu and Rifa'enu. And there's enough content in each to, to basically make it and to fit it into two shiurim. So, into one shiur, I mean. So, this bracha, um, let's begin with Re'e. Re'e Ve'Anyenu, Re'e Na Ve'Anyenu. Here, see us in our affliction. Revive and fight our fight, uh, and at least in the uh, well, let's let's decide which version we're going to do. Let's start with this faradir. Revive and fight our fight. And hurry to give us a complete redemption in the sake of your holy name, in the sake of your name, for you are mighty. And because uh, you are a mighty redeemer and a merciful God, Ruchat Hashem, blessed are you Hashem, Goel Yisrael, the redeemer of Bnei Yisrael. So now, the this bracha, because it's in the section, the first section of the Bakashot Shmona Esrei, is clearly a bracha which is for individual needs. Because it, it's obvious to anybody who speaks, uh, who, who reads the Shmona Esrei, that the first couple of brachot are for personal needs. Then the next section of brachot, uh, starting with Tekah Shofar, are for communal needs. So we begin with Chonein uh, Da'at, and then for Tshuva, Slicha, Refu'ah, um, and, and uh, Bracha for Parnasah. One of these brachot is Geulah. So it's clear that this Geulah that it's referring to is not a Geulah of the community. It's not a Geulah which the community requires. Rather, it is a Geulah for personal uh, exiles and Rashi points this out in Megillah Daf Yudzayin Amud where the Gemara speaks about our bracha briefly, and Rashi asserts that it can't be a petition for the future Geulah for the for for the Geulah of, of Mashiach. We know, says Rashi, and brings a proof that we already have the bracha of Tishkom Betoch Yushalayim, and we have the bracha of Etzemach David. So there's no way that this bracha could be talking about the Geulah uh, Haatid. And therefore, Rashi believes that it's not talking about the future Geulah. However, some dispute this because uh, their Nusach was, um, as we have it today, which is Umaher Ligaolenu or Geulah Mehera, depending on, on which Gersa you had, um, that it sounded like uh, that Geulah Shleima Mehera, that there should be a complete Geulah very soon. It sounded like it's talking about the future Geulah. So, so some have just suggested that it's a hybrid, that it could be referring to both. And their proof is from the Gemara itself. So the association that the Gemara makes for the Brachav Gula, besides the Pasuk that it brings, um, the association that it makes is that the Gemara says that why is the Bracha of Gula the seventh Bracha? It says because 
we in the future, B'nai Israel are going to be redeemed in the seventh. Why is this bracha the, the seventh? Let me just bring up the language. I'm sorry, I, I lost the, uh, the, the, the page with the Gemara. Says the Gemara in Megillah, Daf Yud Zayin Amud Bet. Let's find it in a second here. It says, Umipne Amaravamitoch and why did they did not want to put the, the Brachav Gula on the seventh as the seventh Brachav Because in the future, B'nai Israel are going to be redeemed in the seventh in the seventh year, meaning in a Shemitah year. Therefore, the seventh it, they they instituted it to be the seventh Brachav. Asked the, the, we have a Brayta that says that in the sixth year there will be sounds, and in the seventh year there will be wars, and in the eighth year, then, the, sorry, the, after the eighth year, you're going to have Mashiach coming. So the Gemara answers, When the, when the, because the seventh year is the year of the Milchamot, or the war, so to speak, that is also considered the Atchalta Degula, or the beginning of the Gula. So some suggest that indeed this bracha is a hybrid bracha because it's asking for our, the redemption from our personal exiles and for our personal travails, but also it's asking for a gula, which could be atchalta de gula, the beginning of the gula, which is going to be the gula shlema in the future. It, as we know, all of the brachot correspond to one of the tefillot that Chana, uh, possibly in Via, she said in the Mishkan Shiloh, and the language that is corresponded to associate this bracha with the tefillat chana is very obvious. It's kisamachti bishuatecha, for you have gladdened me with your Yeshua. Um, now, we've also mentioned that some of the Midrashim correspond every bracha on with a different episode in the Chumash. So in the Otzer Midrashim, on the section of Shmona Esrei, the section Zion, it says that when Bnei Israel were had their lives embittered in Mitzrayim, and Hashem said, Alti etchem, and I shall have redeemed, and I will redeem you. The Malachim replied, Baruch Ata Hashem, Go El Yisrael. Now, the language of the Bracha is interesting because it basically comes from Pesukim. It comes from Re'oni Vamali, Melech Goel Vechazak. All of the, almost every word in, the, in, 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 this, uh, in this Bracha is corresponded to the Rishonim point out comes from from scriptural sources, in Tehilim, and Mishle, all, all over Tanakh, they all find different um, sources for it. Now, the this might be why, historically, this brachav, all the brachot in Shemona Esrei, probably has the least variation, even going back to the Yerushalmi Nusach. If you look at the Yerushalmi Nusach, which is typically, the brachot are pretty different. The Yerushalmi Nusach, the, the extinct one, I should point out, was So the major difference over there is that it doesn't have the closing, but that's typical of a lot of the early brachot, the, sorry, the early uh, versions, the early nuschaot, more typically like Rav Gaon, they didn't have the closing. So that's, that's, that's to be expected. Um, now, as for the word na, if you'll notice that the Svaradim say that e na and the Ashkenazim don't say that. They say it Ebeonyenu. So why is that? So the, the French, the early French, added the word na, and the Rokeach um, 
the Rokeach, who was German or from Worms, he protested against this minhag because he had a misorah. He didn't explicitly protest, but he said there's 17 words in this bracha, not 18. And the Gra also agrees, and the Gra's girsa is not to put the word na into Re'e So the Arizal speaks about why uh, the, the word na is here and the Kabbalistic um, uh, background to the, uh, to the idea of Nun Aleph, and it's a configuration of, of uh, mixtures of Shem Hashem, which correspond to the Sfirah, which this bracha is dealing with. So the Arizal holds, we should say Re'e Na Ve'anenu, and we should add the word na, um, but uh, that's, that's the, the Kabbalistic uh, version, the Kabbalistic uh, lean towards that girsah, but both nuschaot are, are legitimate and both have Kabbalistic uh, grounding. So we realize, obviously, that the, that the um, bracha ends with Goel Yisrael instead of Ga'al Yisrael, and this is typical because the tense is in the present rather than in the past. When we ended the Gemara, Psachim Daf Kufiud Zayin Amudbet says this Beferush explicitly. It says this from in the name of Rava. Rava says that the end of of Kriyat Shema and the end of Hallel, we end we end the bracha Baruch Atah Hashem Ga'al Yisrael because we're doing a Sipur Dvarim. We're reca- re- we're recalling the events. Therefore, we speak in the past tense. Hashem was the redeemer who previously redeemed Bnei Israel. But in a bracha like this, we say Goel Yisrael because we are praying. We're praying for Hashem's mercy, and therefore we use the present tense, and we say that Hashem is the constant redeemer of Bnei Israel, and we pray that He continues uh, to redeem us. You'll find that in some of the uh, the, the only variations besides, besides the word Na is that some Girsaot had the word Kel, some had Melech Goel Vechazak. A lot of as a more recent Svaradi edition is the Galenu Geula Shleima Meherav. If I look at the language here, uh, also a little bit more of a recent um, change, but it's not too recent, but it's more of a recent um, insertion into Re'ena Ve'anyenu. Now, the most astonishing thing about Re'ena Ve'anyenu, about this bracha, is that all the sources that we have from roughly the past 1,100 years, 1,200 years, they're all... Uh, consistent with the idea that the bracha starts with Re'eva Anienu or Re'ena, that it ends with Goel Yisrael. That, those are all consistent. But there's a Midrash in the Sifrei, um, in Sifrei Dvarim Shin Mem Gimel, I believe. Yeah. So the Sifrei says that it's talking about uh, the, the brachot in in middle of Shmona Esrei and it has a discussion over there about, it's mentioning Shmona Esrei. And so it seems to, um, let me, you know what, I'll pull it up just because we're, because I want to get the actual language. Um, sorry, give me a second. So the Sefer says, The Sefer over there is discussing how first we say, uh, first we say Shvach, and then we say Bakasha. So the Sifrei then goes to list the Bakashot in a truncated way. So it says, Kadosha Atavanot Shemecha is one of the Shvach, so that we know already that in the time of the Tanaim, they didn't say Atah Kadosh Shemecha Kadosh. We discussed this previously. Their language was Kadosha Atavanot Shemecha. But then the Sifrei says, Ve'acharkach matir asurim ve'acharkach rofecholim ve'acharkach modim anachnulach. So it seems to go through the Brachot. And it says, and then we say the Brachav matir asurim, and then we say the Brachav rofecholim. 
which is astonishing because that means there's no other bracha we could interpret as being the bracha of Matir Asurim other than the bracha of Goel Yisrael. So that would sound like the Tanaim of Rabbi Akiva's school, of Rabbi Akiva's yeshiva, had a completely different girsah, which we today are today we are not familiar with, and we don't have any ma- any manuscripts of this. It's clearly the bracha before Ofei Cholim. It's clearly not Shuvas Lichan Chonedat. So it has to be the bracha of, of, of Goel Yisrael. So somewhere in this bracha, it either had the words Matir Asurim, or they said Beruchat Hashem Matir Asurim. So that's an astonishing sifrei. Um, Nobody has an answer for what exactly the Girsa was in the time of the Tanaim, but it's, again, impossible to track because Rabbi Akiva lived approximately 2,000 years ago, as did all the Tana- about 1,900 years ago, as did all the Tanaim who lived in the era of the Beit HaMikdash, so it, a bit, the second Beit HaMikdash, so that will remain a mystery. Um, there is another Girsa that I should just mention before we close out the discussion of this bracha, is that some added vidon dinenu, and this exists in in the um, this exists in the Sidur of Sadia Gaon. Some of the later editions of the Rambam Seder Tefillah said this, um, but it's not existent. It's not extant in the in the modern in the in the more Meduyak versions of the Rambam. It doesn't say it. It doesn't say vidon dinenu. Um, I believe the Temani, no, the Temanim don't say it. The Temanim are consistent with the Rambam. They don't say Vidon Dinenu. But if you look in the Aram Soba, the Aram Soba doesn't only say Don Dinenu. The, the original Syrian Nusach also has the most embellishment of any Nusach you'll find anywhere. So it's probably the longest one you'll find. But it's, there's a lot of embellishment. It says, Vidon Dinenu, Vikane Kinatenu. So, uh, uh, there's no right way to say this in English, but to take our vengeance with Kina, and bring close our Yeshua, for you are eternal, he is our Redeemer and our Savior. So it seems that once upon a time, uh, there was a, uh, there was embellishment added in some of the in some of the Girsa'ot, or some of the Nusra'ot of the Mustarabim um, in Aram Sova, but nobody else has these Girsa'ot. And the other people who say Vidon Dinenu have a much shorter bracha, just like Rafsadia Gaon, which is uh, characteristic. Okay, so we'll move on a bit. The next bracha is Rafa'enu Hashem Venerafe. So why does Rafa'enu follow the bracha of Re'e? So the Seder Hayom says something really beautiful. He says that the Zohar often states that when a person is, with, is in distress, when a person is in exile, or when a person is under duress or under stress or he's in some sort of catastrophe, a, a person doesn't feel pain. A person will feel the myopia, he'll feel the stress, he'll feel the adrenaline. But when a person is under great distress, he doesn't feel the pain. It's only when a person is redeemed, only when a person um, comes out and, and reaches the light and he comes out of his previous um, distressful situation, that's when a person feels the pain. Now, this, is, this has many analogies, whether a person is fighting for his life and his wounds don't bother him, whether it's a person in prison or a person going through a very difficult time where he has to act. Um, all of these things have this same idea. But his point is that while we're in 
our personal exiles or in our personal oppressions, we don't feel pain. It's only after we come out of it and after we have a gula that suddenly the pain sets in. For this reason, the next bracha is Rifeinu Hashem Bnei For this reason, we pray to Hashem that all of those anguishes and all of those those griefs and all of the and all of the the wounds that come with us when we leave the exile, all of those should be healed during the redemption. Now, the Gemara in Avodah Zarah, the Avchet Amudalif, and the Sifrei itself call this bracha the bracha Rofe Cholim. Our Gersa is like the Gemara, is like the Gemara, or like the time of the Gemara, which is Rofe Chole Amo Yisrael. That's our Gersa. We don't say Rofe Cholim. We don't end it that way. However, there is a in the Otzer Hamidrashim also. It says it it associates our our bracha with the episode where Abraham Avinu was healed, and it says after his Brit Milah he was healed, and the Malachim said Baruch Ata Hashem Cholim. So it seems that there might have once been a version of this bracha which ended with Rofei Cholim, which is why perhaps the Gemara, the um, this Sifrei calls it, and the Gemara in, in, in Avodah Zarah calls it the bracha Rofei Cholim, but that's not definite. The language of the bracha itself comes directly from a pasuk in Yirmiyah, Perek Yud Zayin, pasuk Yud Dalid. The, 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 the pasuk says that if I, in, the, in the singular tense, Rafaini Hashem and I will be healed, for you are my, uh, my hope, or my, uh, to whom I give hope. So that's the language from, uh, of the pasuk in Yirmiyah. And the Rishonim point out, the Torah brings us in, in uh, Kuftad Zayin, he says that the we we know that there's a tosefta that says that if there's a pasuk, which is said in the singular tense, you're not allowed to change it to the plural tense. So how is it that our bracha, which is refa'enu Hashem v'nei is in the is in the plural tense? So the rishonim deal with this because it, you can't learn that tosefta literally. So the the rama says that if somebody is metargain or he's reading it out loud and he sees the pasuk in front of him and he's metargame or he's trying to read something he's writing, then he's not allowed to change what's there in the text. While the Rush and Rabbeinu Yonah, they say that if you're saying a pasuk proper and you're saying a pasuk kiseder, then you're not allowed to change it to the plural tense. But if you're reading just psukim here, psukim there, in order to construct a tefillah, then you're not bound by this rule of changing the language of a pasuk because it's clear that you're not trying to change the matbeah of the pasuk or tell people what the language of the pasuk is. You're just borrowing a scriptural uh, scriptural phrase. So now how do we associate... Now we've mentioned one association. We've mentioned the association of, of, um, of the malachim that they, they said, but the Gemaran Megillah makes another association, and it says that it's, the, why, why is it that the bracha of refuah is given in the eighth? Mara ulomar, why did Anshei Knesset HaGdola say the bracha of Rifa'enu as the eighth bracha? Amar Biyacha, Rabiyacha said, mitoch shinitna mila bishminit, because we gave the, the mitzvah, because Hashem gave the mitzvah of, of mila on the eighth day, and it needs healing. Therefore, so too is the bracha, um, the eighth bracha of Shmon Esrei. Whatever that means. Um, uh, uh, 
tangentially, not tangentially, but on this on the same note, Chana, the in Tfilat Chana, she says Mekim um, that Hashem raises the the weak from the dust, and therefore that would be the association from Tfilat Chana. So regarding this part about Mila, that it's the eighth bracha because Mila is the eighth, the Rakeach says that, and this is interesting, if you look at the, the Ashkenaz Nusach today, it aligns with his Nusach exactly, because they kept the Kabbalistic um, Nusach perfectly. It says, the the Rokeach the says that in this bracha Enu there are 27 words exactly. Why? And he brings from, he brings the reason from Rebbe Yudah HaChassid. Rebbe Yudah HaChassid was their teacher, and he says that one of the shame, one of the names of Hashem, one of the configurations of Havaya comes out to have 27 letters. And that 27-letter name of Hashem is the name of Hashem which represents healing. It's the name of Hashem which affects healing, and it's how Moshe Rabbeinu healed Miriam at Marah. This is the same name which Elisha used. This is Hashem Hashem which is used all throughout Tanakh. Anytime you see somebody use one of the Nevi'im using healing, this is the Shem Hashem they're using to affect healing. So this special, uh, because um, the shame of Hashem, which affects healing, is 27 letters long, therefore 27 words have to be in this, um, uh, in this bracha. And he says, if you look, the parshav milah has 27 pesukim as well. And this is also deliberate for the, same, for the same reason, and therefore there shouldn't be any extra words. And for this reason, he attacks the, really attacks the, the French... Uh, early French Nusach, now, in the time of the early French, uh, this is Machsor, uh, maybe Machsorvitri and earlier, they said, Rafa'enu Hashem Elokeinu This is not just the early French, the Rambam says this, the Temanim till today say, Rafa'enu Hashem Elokeinu. And he completely uh, dismisses this kind of addition because he feels that that it has to have exactly 27 words. And he also says that you can't say Tachalu'enu. I know that the Pasuk says, uh, uh, I believe. Um, I don't remember the exact Lashon. And so, um, I don't remember the exact Lashon. And he says, you think you should have the word Tachalu'enu. You shouldn't. But uh, that's, this, the Sfaradim do have the, the most Sfaradi versions have the language of Tachalu'enu. Now, there's an interesting Zohar on this Pasuk. The Pasuk, Rifaini Hashem Ve'erafei. So the Zohar says, if Hashem's going to heal me, right, why do I need to be healed? So it's a double Lashon. It says, Rifaini Hashem, Hashem should please heal me, Ve'erafei, and I should be healed. So why does it have to say it twice? Says the Zohar, there are two types of Rifuah. One type of Rifuah is, the refuah, is a refuah that Hashem gives to you directly. This is a, a refuah directly from Hashem. The other is a refuah which comes al yedei shaliach, which is going to come through a malach, typically the malach Rafael. So, says the Zohar that when a refuah comes through a shliach, the disease or the illness or the ailment can come back. That disease can resurface and come back to, 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 to bite the person. There could be a kitrug, so, so to speak, a prosecution. When it comes from Hashem himself, when a, an illness comes direct, sorry, when a healing comes directly from Hashem, then it will never be, that illness will never come back again. This is why we say, Hashem 
Let Hashem give us a refuah, and then we will be permanently healed. Venerafe means that it should be a healing directly from Hashem. Now this perhaps, I'm suggesting this myself, this could be perhaps why we say we use the Lashon of Briah when it comes to Rifuot. We know we say in, in, in Shema, Borei Rifuot. It could be because there are two types of Rifuot. There is a Rifuah, which typically means, as the word Rifuah could mean healthy as well, there is a Rifuah, which is a system restoring itself to its health, which is a Yesh Miyesh. Any time we say something is healthy is when you have a well-managed, uh, you have a well-organized system, which is managed properly and therefore it outputs properly. That's what we mean when we say something is healthy. If it, something goes wrong, as long as the system is built well and managed properly, it will heal itself because, there's, because that's a natural effect of healing. This is a refuah, which is a yesh miyesh. Sometimes, however, there is a refuah, which is a yesh ayin. It comes directly from Hashem and typically and naturally you would not be able to have such a refuah. And I believe that likely that's why we use the language of Borei Refuot, because there is a level of Refuot which comes uh, Yesh Me'ayin. Now, in the, in, uh, in the Sifrei Hasidut, they stress something which is very typical, that there's a, that there's a, um, a type of, of illness which is spiritual in nature and not and not physical. There's an illness that when a person does sins, his, his soul, his neshama, so to speak, could become ill. It could have wounds of his averot. And therefore, the Hasidim say that when we, when we daven or fa'enu, we should also think that Hashem should heal us and heal our neshama from any wounds that it might have, any pain that it might have, any sins that it might have done, which cause it to, so to speak, be sick. And and um, make it supernaturally uh, return back to its health. So we're going to see a little bit more about this, uh, this idea in a second. Um, Kabbalistically, this bracha, to just go a little, a little, just a little bit more technical from what, from what the Hasidim say, this bracha uses the language in the Sfaradi version of, the, of that you should bring, the Ha'alein, you should bring, Arucha umarpe, a respite and a healing, for all of our ailments and all of all of our illnesses, our pains and, and, and our wounds. So the Mikubalim, especially the Ramak, he says that Arucha is actually a remez to how Rifuah works in a Kabbalistic realm. He says Rifuah comes from Arichan Pin, and there's a Kava Emsai, goes to Tiferet, down to Malchut, and from Malchut to uh, to the to uh, Malach Rafael. And therefore, we say Kel Melech. Uh, that's why the Sfaradi version says Kikel or Rachman, because anything that comes to Tiferet is Rachmanut. In layman's terms, Rifuah is comes from the Midat of Rachamim of Hashem. It comes from this this infinite measure of mercy of Hashem, and therefore we use the word Rachman in this pasuk, and therefore we use the language of Arucha because it comes from a very higher source, which is a source of of Rachamim. Um, sorry, I'm just going to mute that caller. Okay, so one, yeah, one more thing I'll mention. I'll, I will go to the Nusach before I mention that last part, which is going to be a little bit more about Halakha. Yerushalmi Nusach is very beautiful, and I like it because it discusses a type of refuah, which is not physical and it's not spiritual. The Yerushalmi Nusach, which is extinct and is no longer used today, 
was that the bracha was talking about heartbreak. It wasn't talking about uh, physical ailments. Rather, the emphasis of the bracha is our anguish, our grief, and our heartbreak. And I'll, tell, I'll, I'll read you the Lashon itself. It says here, Rifa'enu Hashem Elokeinu mimachov libenu. Heal us, Hashem, our God, from the, ang- from the, the, uh, the wounds or the, the, the illnesses of our heart, the agon, the anacha, and anguish and angst or grief, Menu let it pass from us. and also um, and affect a refuah, bring a refuah to our wounds. Which is fascinating that that they saw the that whoever wrote that Nusach, the Yushami Nusach, saw the the mental health need, the, the need for us to have a mental health to be more important than the need for us to have a physical health, which is not something we see in the in the versions which come from the Nusach HaBavli. However, nobody, un- unfortunately, prays in that Nusach anymore. But I just thought it would be interesting. It's not talking about the, it's not talking about the sicknesses of the Neshama. It's not talking about the sicknesses of, of, of the body. Perhaps it's talking about the sicknesses of the Nefesh. It's talking about our when a person has grief, anxiety, depression, all sorts of uh, mental health issues that Hashem should... It's a prayer that Hashem should, should um, heal us from those uh, illnesses, so to speak. Um, yeah, well, a few more notes about Nusach. The Ashkenaz Nusach today is simpler. It sticks to 27 words as, as the Rokeach mandates. Um, and what's interesting is the Sfaradi Nusach. The Sfaradi Nusach today says, Ki tilatenu ata our illnesses, cholmachovenu, and our and our wounds, cholmakotenu, and all our, our also another word for our 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 hurts and our wounds, our pains really. Machovenu is like our pains, um, and our wounds. Our version today has all three. Originally, this wasn't like this. Many versions, the Svaradi, the proper, the the Castilian version, for example, right? The the version, the Nusach of the Abu Durham, and and many of the original Spanish uh, Rishonim. They had a version which only said, if I'm remembering correctly, Tachluenu Machovenu. However, the version of the Catalonians, and also in Aragon, in the Spanish Peninsula, both, both were their own provinces at the time, they said all three. But the proper Castilian Nusach was never to add Makotenu. It wasn't until later, after the Gerush Sfarad, after the, the Spanish exile, that it seems that most of the Sidurim, for some reason, adopted this addition to have all three, even though this wasn't the most popular Nusach um, in Spain. Uh, the, the Sidur of the Arizal, uh, from the Reish Pedalid, the year Reish Pedalid, as well as the Livarno Sidur, uh, which is much later, but the Livarno Sidur, which popularized many of the Sfaradi Sidurim, both of them have all three, instead of having just one or the other. The Ashkenazim just say Makotenu, each person has their own has their own nusach. And lastly, in uh, I guess this week will be a little bit shorter than usual. The last thing we'll we will discuss is the private petition. The 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 minhag uh, for some to say a hiratzon in the middle of refa'enu. So this isn't actually so simple. The Gemara Navodah Zarah 
um, if I'm remembering that correctly, Davchet, um, discusses if it's possible to say a bakasha, a personal bakasha, in middle of a bracha. And there's Rabbeinu Yon over there who understands the Gemara one way. You have the Mordechai, you have the Rash. And different Yishonim understand the Gemara differently. And the Beit Yosef and the Machaber uh, and, and in the Shulchan Aruch, they say it is allowed if you want, if you, if you want in the middle of the of Rifa'enu to say a petition for a specific person who is sick, you could say it. Some of the Achronim recommend that in Rifa'enu you should only think about it in Machshava. And then when it comes to Shema Kolenu, Later, that's when you could add it. So some people have the minhag that if you're going to add a, a request for a chole, you should only say it in Shema Kolenu. This is based on halacha. But however, some Sidurim have it one way, some Sidurim have it the other way. The Ashkenazim have an interesting um, language. I'll just pull it up, uh, pull out the Sidur here. Their language for that year at Zon, and I'll explain why. The reason they say, and I'm guessing the, the Nikud here is Choli, is because some of the post scheme hold that you can only say a Nusach of a Bakasha here if it's in if it's in a, the, the singular tense, only if it's really for a chole in your house, a personal bakasha. Otherwise, you have to say it in, in uh, shomea tefillah. Some hold that if the person is in front of you, the maril says this, uh, the, 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 the gemara, he bases this, the Gemara uh, in Brachot says that if you're praying for Rufuash Lema for somebody, you don't actually have to use their name. So the Maril explains that's only if it's Bifanav. If you're praying for somebody's Rufuah in front of him, then you don't have to use his name. But if you're paying, praying for Rufuah not in front of somebody, then you should say Ploni Bar Ploni. So this is something to keep in mind that if a person is davening for Rufuah in front of somebody's bed, they don't actually have to say the name. The Sfaradinu Sach is a little bit different. Svaradinu Sach comes from this, from the, I believe the earliest source of this is the Shalmei Tzibor, um, one of the Achronim. And this is only, again, a Tfilat Yachid, for a person to pray for himself, that you should heal me, and this is because halachically they believed, the, the post, these poskim believed, that you're not allowed to say a bracha for a chole, which is not a personal uh, bakasha, in Rafa'enu, you can only say a personal one. So it says, okay, look, which is a refuah for my soul and a refuah for my for my body. In order that I should be healthy in uh, with health of my body, I should be strong in the health of my body, with my soul, the kiyum in order to fulfill your Torah. In other words, Whoever wrote this, whether it was a Shammai Tzibur or somebody else, made sure to, to give it a real lean of tefillah to show that, that when you're asking something from Hashem, it's not a simple bakasha. It's not just a bakasha because, hey God, I want something. When we approach Hashem with our bakashot, we're approaching them because they, all of the needs that Hashem give us, uh, all of the needs that we need Hashem to give us are the tools which we need to serve Him better. We don't ask Hashem for money simply because we want money. We ask Hashem for Parnassah and for Briut in order so that we can uh, continue to serve him. A, a, a servant cannot do 
his work for his master without the tools that he needs to do that service. And therefore, if a person has that in mind, a person has in mind that his avodah in his tefillah is in order to get closer to Hashem, in order to do the mitzvot, to be mechayim the Torah, then that person, and he keeps that in mind during his tefillah, then all of the requests are automatically going to get fulfilled because you, when a servant asks his master for the tools he needs to do the job, he's automatically going to provide them. And that's, that's the gist of, of this language which the, the, is in the Sephardi versions. Some people have the, again, some people have the minhag to just save it for Shema Kolenu. That's um, perfectly valid as well. So, Bezat Hashem, next week we will look at the bracha of Barech uh, or Barchenu. It's a very long Sephardi version we're going to have to go through. Uh, apologies to all the Ashkenazim who are listening, but Bezat uh, Hashem, next week we'll, we'll get through that 